Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session podcast. James Christie here, executive producer for the podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to drop you right into the middle of a group coaching conversation facilitated by Rob. Rob holds these monthly group coaching sessions where participants get to bring topics that are most important to their current leadership journey, things that they're tackling on a day-to-day -day basis. And sometimes Rob asks for permission to record these sessions to share the learnings with you right here on the podcast. So with that, let's drop you right into the discussion, and then I'll come back on the back end and do a quick summary of some of the key takeaways of the session. Enjoy the episode. How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. All right, so let's talk about the topic is sharing best practices on how to plan or run a team meeting, whether it's a one-day, two-day team meeting. I know a lot of a lot of managers are, are are kind of been pent up over the past couple of years and, and now trying to get out with their teams and do some team meetings. So let's just talk through some best practices on how to plan it and make it a successful meeting. Any best practices that come to mind? There's such a value in getting everybody together in person. And since we've been in the midst of the COVID the last couple of years, of course, of the pandemic, I mean, I think there's the Zoom fatigue and that's why everybody's really excited for us to meet in person. And I think it's just part of also maybe having somebody on your team that wants to take some responsibility in helping organize. And that always helps too. Yeah, so you kind of leverage someone on your team to help with the planning part of it, Tracy? Well, they raise their hand. It's our field-based sales trainer. And I think, hey, if they want to help with the location, the dinner, all those things, then I think that that's really, really helpful as a leader if you can get some buy-in from others on your team. You actually tied in the location where there's like some events going on. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. An event or something like that, I think always is, is a good team builder or pulling, pulling everybody together. All right. So, so you do a team builder, right? And you kind of tied in the event with that. Do I'm just curious, Kevin or Rich... Do you all try to tie in some type of team building event with your meetings? Absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's a team. And so it's rare that in our industry, we're all together and it's a good time to build bonds with each other, build trust within the group. Right. I think that that just helps to cement relationships that, Hey, I know I can depend on these people when I need them. So absolutely. I think team builders are, are, a big part of what I like to do and, and, and really actually probably focus more on that than sometimes than on content because it, it drives so much. It lasts so much longer than just the content you present. Okay. Great. I think before you even start playing the meeting, having goals is important. I try to take the opportunity to make every aspect of the meeting an opportunity to, to build bonds within the team. So whether it's workshops, whether it's choosing speakers, you know, team building, choosing restaurants, anywhere I can, I try to get the team focused on, on building those bonds between each other. So it's actually probably one of the primary uh, goals I have of, of any of my district meetings is, is always to build those bonds and have fun. I think having fun was, was always uh, on the top of my list. And then of course, learning from each other. Those are the three things that I use as a framework for building meetings. Let me just throw this out there. What was the best team building event that, that you have done over the years with your team? If there's one that stands out. Best or the worst? 
so we'll go to the worst. We'll come back to that. Um, so this this happens to be one where we did go to Puerto Rico, and we decided to surprise the host. Who what we had a, a representative down there that kind of hosted the meeting for us. And if you ever heard of the song En Viejo San Juan, it's kind of like a, a very popular Puerto Rican song down there. So I asked the team to, to learn the words in Spanish. And, and then at the welcome reception, we had a, a, a guitarist there and oh, wow. we all kind of sang together. It was, it was rough around the edges. We weren't the best singers, but it meant a lot to the person that we all kind of took the time to learn it in Spanish and really just a great moment for the team that we all took that time and, and did something nice for, for another person on the team. I have one because it's with patients. It was a um, cancer action in uh, Kansas City, University of Kansas. And we uh, went, it was part of the, the hospital, but some of the families went through cancer that where they can stay. And so we actually cooked a meal for the families. And one of the guys on the team was great with cooking lasagna. So we, as a team, all divided and conquered and then gave that to, to the family there and the other various families in the a waiting room where they just sit and wait while the if they're coming in from out of town, because like you were Kansas, there's um, multiple areas that they pull through throughout our Midwest geography. And so they need a place to stay. So I would say something like that. It was fun, but also really rewarding because we were doing something for the patients and their families. And of course, that's what we're in the pharmaceutical business for is putting patients first and foremost. So that was one, it's probably 2016, 2017, we did that. So that's one that really resonates with me. That's pretty cool. Very nice. We did a songwriting competition in Nashville. We went to a recording studio and had two groups create a song. They had two songwriters there and they provided the music and we provided the lyrics and then we had to sing them for the other group. Those kind of things where you stretch yourself out of anybody's comfort zone that's that's unique and different, people really gravitate to that kind of thing. And it, it does help open people up and you see people in a whole new light. It's pretty cool. Ironically, that happened you know, to be One there the and they brought me in to do some other skill building workshop and they invited me to this team building at night. I'm like, what on earth are we doing? Right. But I will say I'm out of your comfort zone, correct? completely out of my comfort zone. I had to stand there and sing with like these group of people, half of which I met for the first time, but it was actually pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I have to say. That was one of the more bonding experiences I think I've ever had. Pretty neat. Yeah, it was pretty neat. My very first uh, meeting that I put together, I was a brand new manager. I never put a meeting together, right? So I just put together a hotel at like the airport and it was just kind of rundown and type of setting where it definitely needed updating. You can kind of see like the coffee stains on the meeting floor. And I always ask for feedback and I, I, I certainly got feedback after that meeting. That was for sure. And never, and never again did I ever plan a team meeting location wise. So I always allowed my team to help me with that. You know? I, th- I think, let's see, d- dinner, location, like food and um, hotel accommodations are, those are always at, also part of top of the list of importance of making it successful, I think, too. F- food has a big part of it. I agree. It is amazing how good hotels change the dynamic of a meeting. Yes. Like a, oh, I'm excited to go to this place. That uh-huh. it, it, it really does set the tone in a lot of way to say, hey, I'm thinking of you guys care about where we're going to land and what we're going to eat and what we're going to do. I think that's the the other part of it, from my view of, of meetings, is demonstrating that that I care. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I have heard critics over the years say, "Well, it doesn't matter uh, where you have your meeting. I mean, we're we're buying there, 
food, paying their hotel bills. But to your point, Kevin, it does matter because it's sending a message mm -hmm. to your people. Mm -hmm. And that's the lesson I learned the hard way with my first uh, meeting. So, Jim? Yeah. So I was going to say, I, I actually like to pursue this a little more. I agree with Kevin. I think that just doing it at the Holiday Inn or that's going to people are going to be like, oh, my God. I've run into a couple of the organizations I've been at. They actually, I don't want to say prohibited, but it was really hard to do a nicer hotel. Like I had a situation at one of the organizations where I was able to get a deal on like a Ritz Carlton and it was like the price of a regular Marriott. And I had to like we were able to get it approved, but. They were like, why are we doing this at the Ritz-Carlton? Have you guys run into that issues with your organization? And like, how do you kind of manage through that? So when there is that fine line, we're having it at a Hilton, but I think that's where you can elevate with some of the food and the dinner and the snacks during the session and things like that, because there is that budget that we have to stay within guidelines and compliance for. But I think there's also other ways that we can do things. One thing that I like to do, and is it's like when somebody gets to a hotel, I like to leave like a goodie bag or something from the city that they're in whether it be a magnet or something from wherever, Nashville, a little guitar magnet or whatever, and then just welcome to the city and really looking forward to a great meeting. And just now it would probably be sanitizer, but little snacks or things for when they get to the room. And I think that sends a nice way to really start it off that you took the time, like you were saying, Kevin, that you care and you want it to be an enjoyable experience. So I found that that's something whether it be national sales meeting out of town or a division meeting that really goes a long way with the team. I think Jim, there's times where you can fight for those things if you need to, yeah. right? I think, I think not every meeting can you raise hell about not getting what you want as far as a hotel or food or budget, but there are times when you just have to fight for those things because you know, it's what your team needs right then and there. I, I've seen leaders go out of their way, Rich, you and I work for this person to put a meeting together where you're sitting in a recliner. The entire meeting because that that team did so well but you know what he fought like hell for it and you felt very special just to be part of that group and i never forgot that lesson making them feel special or just recognizing their hard work and achievements it's so important i think it sets the tone too for the meeting you don't want them going to the meeting kind of dreading it right you, you want them looking forward to it in, in any aspect that you can and just if it's a budgetary issue i mean there's ways that i've been able to I kind of get around things, whether I bundle it with maybe a less expensive meal or try to pick a, a town or a city that's maybe off season where you might be able to get a better deal, just kind of little techniques like that. But it is a little tough when you work for a company where you're not able to do that. So you, you've got to make it up in other ways, I guess. I, I tell you the other thing too, is keeping the team involved with your decision process and the kind of feedback that you're getting from your boss on some of the venues, some of the things that you're thinking about doing so that they understand what you're going through. And you know, I think transparency is really important when planning a meeting that they understand, hey, he tried or she tried. I think that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Right? One technique, just the theme of having your people involved, right? Because selfishly, there is a lot of work that's done and, and why not leverage some of your team to help you with some of that workload, right? And it was one of my team members uh, recommended because we were up against a budget constraint as well. And I never thought about this till the, my employee mentioned it to me, that what I ended up doing was instead of getting a conference room or a meeting room, I got a suite, which was a little bit more than the regular hotel room. However, it was big enough 
where we had our team meeting there. I mean, obviously there are certain stipulations, right? You have to have like a, a door that separates the bedroom from the, the other area, but it actually worked out very well. And in the long run, it was a lot less expensive than going through the entire meeting room process. So another thought out there too. Yeah. And COVID restrictions. <laughs> COVID, and COVID has made meeting budget planning very, very difficult. Yeah, because everything had to be prepackaged, the box lunch and everything was without the buffet to your point. So that does increase your cost tremendously. I have to just share a quick story. So that meeting I was referencing was at the W where I had a suite in uh, Hoboken. My team was all district managers of which all five were females. So Tracy, you'll appreciate this scenario. And we needed, we, had, we were trying to put tape or a, a poster on the wall and we didn't have tape. And so somebody called down and said, hey, can we have some tape? And so they brought it up and somebody knocked on the door and I went and I opened up the door and they hand me the tape dispenser. I'm like, you're kidding me. I'm like, I can't walk in there with this tape dispenser. <laughs> it was a tape dispenser. It was a stiletto heel as a tape dispenser. I'm like, oh seriously? Like <laughs> how, first of all, how creepy would that look? Me walking in with a stiletto heel tape dispenser. And that group, that group wouldn't give you any crap at all. <laughs> no. I was going to say, they all. set you up on that one, Rob. They, they specifically ordered, they ordered that. You <laughs> know. How, how about this one? Content that you pack into the meeting, whatever the amount of time you decide to have the meeting, trying to have the right amount of content. Do you think that's an, an important thing? And scheduling in some downtime to, to the meeting. I, what are your guys' thoughts about that? And how does that play out in your different organizations? I mean, you know, obviously want to maximize all the time there, but it's so important. And I think it really, a national sales meeting, those are more of the challenges because there's so much content from marketing home office and you have so many more things. I think a national sales meeting, whereas a division meeting, like one that I'm organizing or helping to plan in, in uh, June, you have more control and in, in, in that air time to give everybody a break because you have to have a mental break in order to really be productive. And if we are just so scheduled and and that in the day you're so wiped, that's not good for anybody. So I think that you have to incorporate break time and time to refresh. So important. I would agree. I think if you pack too much into an agenda, it can have the opposite effect of what you're trying to accomplish in the first place. The other thought too is that now I know there are some managers that, that have their teams in a office environment, right? Although a lot of that's changed in, in recent times with COVID, more of hybrid. And the question comes up, well, I just can meet with my team in, in the home office. So when I was in a home office environment, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, even then, I still always took my team offsite. Thoughts on that? I could not agree with you more how important that is because the day-to-day the -day of going in an office and changing that environment to have an offsite meeting does allow you to sit there and focus and because you're not distracted by the normal daily things you're distracted by. I think most of us are all field-based and have any of you actually ever leveraged going into like, we, we were just talking about this. My new organization has this really state-of-the-art lab that's like cool. They like to show it off. And we were talking about potentially trying to do, because it's all field-based employees, but like doing a pilgrimage to the to the mothership. Has anyone successfully leveraged that sort of thing in your organizations? My previous organization, yes, because it was right down the street from where I live in Kansas City. So that was an excellent opportunity at the time. 
to bring the, the field-based representatives from other areas in and do, you know, like a tour of the support center and all those things. If you can leverage it, and it's convenient. I think it really helps if, if the field is not familiar with the home office or some of that, it gives them an opportunity to feel like, oh yeah, this is who I've talked to on the phone or whatever it is. So I think those connections can be made. I think it's a, it's a neat experience for those to, you know, to basically take a tour. My manager now is, is trying to to coordinate something like that in Chicago this summer for the managers and do a tour of the home office. So that's something I think that we can definitely leverage. I, I, I like that. I've never actually done that, but it, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, I, I've never thought about that, but if you have kind of a unique thing that uh, the team could look at, or even just for networking purposes, I can definitely see the value in doing something like that, Jim. It's, it's again, not my idea, but we had the national meeting. Our CEO was there and he was playing like bocce ball with one of the, a couple of the reps. And they're like, oh, you know, should, you guys should come because they just built this state of the art facility right before COVID. And of course it's not being utilized and they have some really cool technology there. So we were just Talking about this as a management team, as an opportunity for everyone to get a chance. And the CEO is like, hey, look, if you plan a meeting, come in, you can do an informal half an hour with the CEO or something like that. And I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Great opportunity to, to network with people. So this, this actually gets into another area of whether it's offsite or even if, if you take that approach of having it in a home office to be able to do a tour, maybe meet with some people. That's the advantage there too, that you could leverage. But what about bringing guests to your meeting or incorporating guest speakers, if you will? I, I think it, it depends on the time and space of what, what you're trying to do. If you've not been together for a while, guests are a big interrupter of a flow to bring somebody in from internal or external. It's a matter of, is this the right thing for the meeting? And to Tracy's point earlier, sometimes you just have to tell people, no, I, I just need for this team to, to be together and not have that fear of if someone from leadership's coming in, there's a certain fear factor there or what you may not get the real yeah. into the meat of what you're hoping to get to when someone's there. So it can wreck the flow of the meeting and it's all dependent on time and space. Is this the right time for that? Also include polling the team and finding out what the needs are of, of the members of your team. But I, I never invited anyone without pulling my team first to make sure it was a need. Two thoughts about guests. Again, just coming from the national meeting, this is not so much as a guest to, to the entire meeting, but we had a situation among the managers where one of the senior executives wanted to join a team dinner that night. And, and this senior executive has all these out interests that came out and the team all rallied around this person. So it ended up being a great experience for them in the dinner. It was a learning experience for me. The other piece about doing more team-focused meetings, these smaller, intimate things, the best one that we were, that I remember off the top of my head sitting here with you guys is we were able to invite a woman who runs one of the kind of like local patient advocacy groups. And this woman's got an amazing story. We've done a little work with her going into this meeting, kind of supported some of their, their events. And she was looking to increase that partnership with our organization at the time. She came in, she had had an, she lost her daughter to the type of cancer that we had a product for. So she told the team that didn't know her story and then talked a little bit about what the organization uh, does. Most of the people had been to some of the events with this organization, but I think her and her husband came in, they talked for like 45 minutes and then 
that led into launch and they stayed with us at launch and it, it was it was an awesome experience like everyone rallied around and we kind of like informally adopted this this that that group and and it, it kind of happened a little bit i don't want to say by chance but we're like oh should we do this should we do it and we did it and it was a great it was a great experience so pretty cool what i'm hearing is volume guests some of it is is kevin your point it's, it's the timing of it Right. Do you have enough time? What's the content? Can you really fit it in? Does it even fit the need? So Rich, love your point about just even pulling your team, right? Making sure that it's going to meet the needs of your team. And I do think that the third piece of this too is who are we inviting is important, right? And, and sometimes, I mean, I've invited senior leaders because I wanted to also send the powerful message to the team that if you're important and so does vice president so-and-so or, or the chief commercial officer, whatever the case may be, even sometimes invite them to dinner too, if they're available. So I think it goes, it can go either way too, right? So I think who you invite is important. And I think inviting a senior leadership too, is could be advantageous for your own people. If you trust your team enough that they're like, you think they're as good as, as they are, Hey, I want them to see because during COVID they couldn't really engage. And so it was a good way for them to say, wow, this group really knows what's up. So it was, it was another way of saying, hey, let me show you guys off, right, on the flip side for senior leadership. That is a great point, Kevin. And I think this the story I was telling about this executive that invited to the dinner. The other thing that the director did with that, pulled that executive aside and said, hey, look, really excited to have you come to this dinner, but kind of gave some expectations to the executive that they weren't getting into like, detailed spreadsheet business analysis over appetizers, right? Like it was much more of an informal discussion. Now some business discussions obviously emerged, but setting expectations of the guest, I guess, is the point I want to obviously want to drill him there too. That's a great point too. I mean, there's some strategy involved in in inviting people too. If, if you don't have a, a certain network uh, in marketing, for example, and, and you need to kind of build those relationships because you have a, an initiative, networking I think is a great strategy uh, to get people uh, down and, and kind of connect with them. I know when, when I was in home office and got invited to a meeting and went down there when I was on the marketing team, I had a special connection with that team and they're more likely to reach out to me with, with a need or with some feedback that I needed. So it, it kind of is a mutually beneficial thing when you invite the right person, right? I do think when someone reaches out to you, for example, for the guest that's going to be coming, they reached out to me saying, I feel comfortable with your team. I would like to be there. And how do you say no to that? Because they are already building a bond and, and know that this team would be interactive and, and really learn from them. So I think that's that to me, when somebody reaches out proactively, that is really, to me, a nice touch of somebody from the home office that says, Hey, I really want to join your team specifically. So that's where to me, it's like, it's, it's easy to say yes to that person, knowing that they already, already feel comfortable at ease with your people. It saves you time as a manager too, because now instead of you being that bridge to that person in home office, your team's now directly reaching out to them. And uh, that, to me, that's, that's what you want, right? You want your team networking within the organization and, and developing these relationships. It helps them personally and professionally, helps them grow, helps them bring things back into the team. They learn information that maybe even you or definitely the team wasn't aware of before. So there's a lot of benefit, I think, in 
inviting home office folks and, and getting that network and getting that open communication going. It's so true. There's a lot more than go that, that goes into planning your meeting than, than what a lot of people think, right? Even the strategy piece behind it, what we're just talking about. Because it wasn't until you, you all just talked about it that as I'm thinking back to some of my teens, and I know as a result of inviting certain cross-functional members to my team meetings, my team did get access to more things inevitably. So excellent point for sure. Anything else come to mind? It's a great discussion. I think one of the most important things is what are you trying to accomplish and then how do you carry it through? What kind of direction? Is it a POA that you need to get out there that, right, that you need to, here's the direction we're going. And then how do you carry that through and develop a theme for that meeting, which I take a lot of time to do to say, how do I give this idea, this concept that will pull through what we're trying to do and keep it alive afterwards? So I think this goes back, we kind of opened with Rich talking about have your goals in mind. And I think this is a great way to kind of tie it all in, right, Kevin? What is the objective? What are we trying to accomplish? I think it's just a fair balance and just a little addition adding on that, Kevin, is just because it's all about having fun and, and really bonding with one another. But when you do have the fun first, then you can get down to the business and then have your ass for the team. And that's a lot easier when you've had a you know fun night the night before a team builder. And then the next day, it's like, okay, guys, we, it was great, but here's what we need to do for this quarter or whatever it is. But when you incorporate that well, then it, to me, it's a lot easier to ask for what needs to be done going forward. Mm. The fair balance of it all. You do need the right balance for sure. So a few key takeaways from this episode. First and foremost, there is such great value in bringing everyone together. There's just something to be said for the new level of energy that exists when bringing teams back together live and in person. Set some goals and objectives for your meeting. For example, here on the episode, you heard the group talk about building team bonds, learning from each other, just having fun. Those will all help to really shape your agenda. Speaking of agendas, it's always great to get feedback from your participants about your agenda. Let them have some ownership in what the meeting looks like and how you are going to accomplish your objectives. When it comes to content, be sure to include just the right amount of content for the length of your meeting. Trying to cram too much info into your meeting will make your meeting run over on time, potentially wear people out, and have an opposite effect on what you're trying to accomplish. Let's talk about guests. It's always great to have a guest at your meeting where possible, but we need to make sure that the guests will fit into the overall meeting objective. There's been many cases where sometimes we bring a guest, be it a home office person or an external guest into our meeting, and sometimes it just doesn't fit the overall flow of the meeting and can potentially even be disruptive. A word on team building activities. Who doesn't love a good team builder? Now, it's very easy to find very simple, uh, easy to execute team building activities, but then there are those types of activities that you know you may want to stay away from, especially if you've had a bad experience in the past. So don't feel bad about pushing back on certain ideas that just may not make sense. Lastly, there's an HBR article that we'll include in the show notes that talks about how to have a successful offsite, one that actually works. So that's a great article. You should check that out. Now, if you enjoyed this episode or on this group coaching session, there are other sessions that we've recorded in the past. Episode 60, about how to keep employees engaged in a hybrid workplace. There's also episode 50, 
how to manage an employee who lacks self-awareness. And if you have a challenging leadership question or a scenario and you would like to hear Rob tackle that for you on the podcast, definitely reach out to us. You can go to leadershipjamsession.com, just click on the Ask Rob icon and send Rob a quick voicemail. Very easy to do, and we'll get together and tackle that on the podcast for you. Thanks for listening today.